This is Susanna Hills Podcast. We hope this message becomes a revelation in your heart and will encourage you to live a Christ-centered life. Thanks for checking out our podcast. Here's today's message. This, this message that I'm going to be sharing with you today is very dear to my heart. It's very close to me. And I want to be able to just share something of the heart of God with you today. I'm here to say to you that God wants us to be able to understand that for the child of God, and like Manny Pereira used to say, child of God, God has got something greater for us. You and I are called, we are chosen, we are loved by God. And just like a cork, have you ever tried to put a cork underwater? You know, when you take the cork of, say, for instance, a, a, a champagne bottle, that cork of a champagne bottle, when you try and put it underwater, I remember as a child over Christmas time trying to play with this and then trying to take it deep down into the, the, the deepest part of our swimming pool. And as I try to take that cork deep down, the deeper I try to take it, it was just a matter of time and it will come back up again. No matter how deep it goes, no matter how hard it gets, no matter how, what the depth of the despair, I believe God will always bring us back up to the surface to breathe again. But it's in those places of the deep moments, it's in those places of God doing a deep work within, that's where the miracle happens so that we can be a blessing when we arise again. It's like Jesus Christ. The same happened to him. He was brought down into the pit, down into the grave, just like Joseph was thrown into a pit and they, in a sense, prophesied about this resurrection life so that he can bring about redemption to his people. God was, was God incarnate through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was this picture of Jonah. He actually says, I'm talking about the sign of Jonah. Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. And he was brought down to the depths, down into the pit, down into despair. Jesus himself faced true, natural death, the finality of death, and then he overcame death, just like that cork, no matter how deep you take it, it's going to rise again. Jesus rose on the third day and brought about a resurrection life. Now, you know that I love speaking about resurrection power because it's the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now dwells inside you and me, and that God wants you and me to sometimes go through times of coming to the end of ourselves, going through times of having a deep work done in our hearts. I've seen every marriage faces this every single parent faces this every single child faces this every single minister of the gospel faces this every single sphere of your area of your of your life experiences this reality of if you want the god life in it you need to allow yourself to come to the end of yourself to die to it and if you're willing to die to yourself being your provider then you can rise to christ being your source and your provider. If you're willing to die to yourself being your savior, then if you're far from God watching today, you can rise to Jesus Christ being your savior. If you're willing to die to your, your, your prejudices in your heart, and this is what I've been wrestling with. I've been reading this book, The Prodigal Prophet by Tim Keller, speaking about the book of Jonah. And I'm realizing that there's some prejudice in my heart. There's, there's some kinds of people that I'm drawn to, to share the good news of Jesus Christ with. I'm drawn to share the good news of Jesus to, to, especially I'm thinking right now, I'm missing Africa. I'm drawn to sharing. It's easy for me to share the good news of Jesus to, to Africans. But when I'm sharing the good news of Jesus with people that I maybe don't know, don't understand, sometimes they're different than me. Sometimes they talk different than me. Sometimes they have different backgrounds or different educational exposure. And just because of the differences, I sometimes can kind of make a, make a separation between myself and them. And Jesus Christ wants us to die to our preferences so that we can rise to his acceptance. That's the gospel, friends. The gospel is 
bidding us to come and die so that we can find real life. And so that's what this, uh, this kind of third message of the book of Jonah, of Winsome, is all about. We're not going to be able to win much many people out there if we're not willing to die a few deaths inside of our hearts. Jonah chapter 1 verse 17, and we, we've taken now two weeks just to get to verse 17. And so we, we're going we're gonna to speed up a little bit because th there are a few things and we know, we, we know, we know what happened. Um, Jonah was thrown in, there was a big storm, he was thrown into the, the sea. And the Bible says the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. God provides a fish. So even in the midst of the storm, in the midst of despair, if there was no fish, Jonah would have drowned. But God provides a fish. In a sense, God says, I'm willing to keep you safe in the midst of you coming to the end of yourself. God will sustain us in that. He says, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, this picture of, of the belly of the fish is a picture of dying. It's a picture of the grave. It's a picture of Christ. And in order for you and me to go experience resurrection life, we often have to go through. I've spoken about this in the past. In our church, I've spoken to you about going through the belly of the fish. God often allows us to go through the belly of the fish so that he can do a deep work in us, in the depths of the, the, the seas, in the depths of despair, in the depths of disappointment and discouragement, and sometimes in the depths of, of not understanding and going through pain. It's in those places where God does a deep work within us. Verse 1 and 2 of Jonah chapter 2 says, From inside the fish Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. Watch this. I, I would be tempted just to, just to become quite hard-hearted. I would be tempted to kind of like just say, well, now it's the end of me. But Jonah comes to the end of himself, and it's amazing how he chooses to pray. Could I invite you, family? Could I invite you, friends, to when you are in despair and when it is hard and when you're, not, when you're struggling to parent your children and when you, when you are at the end of yourself financially and maybe you are, don't have the answers for this, doctor's report that you just had, could I invite you to turn to prayer? Could I invite you to turn to your God? That's what he did. He turned to God. Repentance is happening here. He's, he's deciding to engage with God. He, he, can't, he can't go anywhere else. Like the disciples said to Jesus, where else will we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. He, says, he said, in my distress, I called to the Lord and he answered me. In my distress, will you call to God? He says, from the deep from deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, help, and you listened to my cry. When you find yourself in a desperate place, cry out to your God. I, you know, I've told you about this, but one of the best prayers I've ever prayed was, help! Because sometimes when you come to the end of yourself, you can just scream out to God. You can, from the deepest despair, from the greatest kind of misunderstanding and deepest place of, of anguish and discouragement, you can cry out to God. Because he never leaves you nor forsakes you. He listens to you. The Bible says his arm is not too short to save. The Bible says that, that God, he, he listens to our prayers. He, he, when, when we call upon him, he will answer us. Don't wait, friends. Don't wait for the circumstances to cry out to God. Some people are like, no, you know, when things get better, they're not going to go back to church. After the pandemic, I'm here to say to you, it's time now to get back to church. It's amazing how people say, no, no, when things get better, then I'll work it out with my wife. No, now's the time to go with your wife to Jesus and to maybe find another brother or sister to come and stand alongside you because God will, he will meet us at our deepest place of hurt and despair. 
It's amazing how it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14, it says, If my people who are called according to my name will humble themselves and pray, then I'll hear from heaven and I'll heal their land. God hears from heaven when you and I pray. God hears us when we pray. Jeremiah 33, verse 3 says, Call to me and I'll answer you and I'll show you great and mighty things. Friends, God shows us great and mighty things when we call on Him. When we call on His name, He shows us great and mighty things. Jeremiah 29 verse 12, so powerful. Verse 11 says, He's got plans for us. Plans, that's the resurrection plans. That's the future. That's the hope. But He says, so that you can call on me, so that you can come and pray to me. And then God says, I will hear you, I'll listen to you, and you'll find me when you seek me with all your heart. Could I invite you today that in the midst of coming to the end of yourself, in the midst of him doing a deep work in you, will you do it with God? Will you cry out to God? I want to talk to this, the, the, the business owner that's saying, I don't know how to pay the bills with the rising petrol prices and inflation and, and battles and and, and ESCOM and all, all of the battles that we're facing. I don't know how to do it. I'm here to say to you, sir, or ma'am, as you're paying those salaries by faith, I'm here to say to you, you can cry out to God. I, I want to talk to the mom that's saying, I don't know how, what, I, what, I, what to do with my children and their education. I, I want to talk right now to the teachers that are saying, I'm not enough. I would like to talk right now to people that are struggling. And in the midst of your, your challenge, I'm here to say to you, God wants you to call out to him. Let's look at verse three and four of Jonah chapter two. It says, you hold me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me, and your waves and breakers swept over me. Jonah's saying, you did this to me, God. You allowed me to go through a place, to come to a place of needing you. Verse four says, I said, I've been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. I love this. Jonah's saying, in my experience, I felt like you've just rejected me. But I've decided, Lord, that even though I've had disappointments in the past, and even though sometimes I feel like you don't listen to my prayers, and sometimes I don't understand God, I'm going to look again. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray again. I'm going to ask you again. I'm going to sing again. I'm going to look again to your holy temple. I'm going to turn my eyes upon Jesus. I'm going to look into his wonderful face. I'm, I'm going to look again. I'm going to trust God again, even though it hurts, even though I've had disappointments, even though the last time I prayed, it didn't quite work out the way I wanted, but I'm going to look again. Even though I feel far from you, I'm going to look again. Even though I feel like I don't deserve it, I'm going to ask you again. See, prayer is not about you and me putting up a facade. It's not about you and me trying to, to be someone or something else. It's about you and me being honest with God. It's about choosing to look again. See, David does this in Psalm 103. He says, praise the Lord. And he speaks to his soul. He says, oh, my soul. You better praise the Lord. I'm here to say to you, friends, we need to decide to praise God, to look again to our God. Jonah chapter 2, verse 5 to 6 says, The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. Now that for me just speaks sometimes about the fact that my judgment is, is not clear. I'm, I'm blinded by some of the stuff that's happening around me. There's seaweed that's wrapped around my head, things that have limited me, things that have gone around me, things that are clouding my judgment. I'm here to say to you, it's in the middle of that place where God wants to meet us. Verse six says, to the roots of the mountains, I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But, I love this, but you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. I love this, Jonah is still in the pit. 
He's finding himself still inside the belly of the fish. But he is already speaking the things that be not as though they were. He's already declaring by faith, declaring by in hope that he's going to be able to take hold of re redemption and resurrection life. Even though things get really, 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 really bad. I'm yet to say to you that we can call out to our God and we can declare what we believe God wants to take us into. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 18 and 19 says, Yet will I rejoice, even though things are going bad. Even though there's no hope, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on heights. Listen, Habakkuk says, when I look at the circumstances, nothing makes sense. But I'm going to declare what the sovereign Lord does and who the sovereign Lord is. He enables me to tread on heights. He gives me strength. Yet will I rejoice. I'm going to sing by choice. I'm not going to wait for the walls of Jericho to come down. I'm going to praise while I'm trusting for the walls of Jericho to come down. See, friends, people might be saying, no, but Mark, that's denial. It's really going bad. It's really, the doctor's report is right. It's the, the business sectors, it's real. Politically, it's real. Our family, it's real. Now, here's the thing, friends. I'm not asking us to deny the fact. I'm not asking you to deny the pain. I'm not asking you to deny the, 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 the reality. But I'm asking you to choose where you focus. See, Habakkuk chooses to focus on his God. He chooses to focus on how God will let, let, let his feet tread upon the high places. Uh, 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 what Jonah does is he focuses on what he desires. He focuses on the resurrection power of God. It's not about denial, but it's about focus. Verse 7 and 8 says, Jonah chapter 2 says, When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, for my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Friends, you and I are not going to experience personal revival. We're not going to experience revival around us if we don't lift up our voices to pray. Prayer and revival go hand in hand. And even though you feel like things are slipping away, let's remember God's goodness. Let's remember God's faithfulness. Let's remember His, His holiness and His promise. Uh, he says, he says I'll, my prayer will rise to you, to your holy temple. Verse 8 says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. See, friends, if you and I have any other hope, we put our hope in anything else, we're turning away from God's love for us. Remember the Lord. I want to say this to you, friends. If you've been trusting in your credit card, if you've been trusting in, in your politicians, if you've been trusting in some of your medicine, if you've been trusting even in people, I'm here to say to you, they're going to let you down. If you've been trusting in anything other than God, they're going to let you down. Remember the Lord, especially when you're at the end of yourself, because he's going to comfort us in the middle of this. He's going to be strengthening us in the middle of what we're facing. Clinging to idols, friends, will rob us from trusting in God. Verse 9 and 10 of Jonah chapter 2 says, But I, but I, can you say but I? I feel like we need to declare something over, my, over ourselves. I don't know about the rest of the world, and I don't know about my friends, and I don't know about my family, and even other people in our church. I don't know about them. But I know about me. With shouts of grateful praise, I will sacrifice to you. What I vowed, I will make good. I will say, salvation comes from the Lord, and from the Lord, and the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah into dry land. Isn't this amazing? For me, he shifts his focus, and he says, I'm going to praise God. He says, I know where salvation comes from. 
And so there's almost like a transformation that happened in Jonah. Jonah first had to experience resurrection in here before he could experience resurrection out there. He first had to experience revival. Revival means God reviving something of that heart, of the heart of God. He had to catch the heart of God. A deep work had to happen inside of him before a deep work could happen outside of him. And I've been on this journey, friends, of, of just dealing with some of the stuff in my heart and saying, God, even Nineveh, God, be merciful to Nineveh. And then realizing that there's some Nineveh in me that needs to be dealt with. And that's as I'm opening my heart to God dealing with in me, I experience resurrection life. And that revival then becomes part of my message. It becomes part of my testimony. See, I then have a different spirit. I worship differently. I talk differently. I go to work differently. I'm like Caleb. I have a different spirit. It says in Numbers chapter 14, verse 24, but my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. There's an inheritance, friends, that God wants to give you, your family, your friends, and even us as a church. Sitting on your church, there's an inheritance for us. But here's the thing. We've got to say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to have a different spirit. People who experience revival go through this. They come to the end of themselves. They allow God to do a deep work in, them, in their hearts. They lift their lives up to God. They lift their voices to their king. They experience the love of God. This is what Jonah experienced. And then they sacrifice with shouts of grateful praise. They bring sacrifices of praise to God. I'm here to say to you, friends, that without adversity and without being pushed down into the depths, I'm here to say to you, friends, we're never going to rise to the heights that God wants us to, to rise to. I'll never forget the story that I heard about these birds on one part of New Zealand, one, one of the islands in New Zealand. There are these birds that walk on the ground. They've got perfectly made wings and they, can, they, they, will be able to, they should be able to fly with these wings, but they don't fly at all. They only walk. And then when, when people started studying this, they realized that the reason why these birds don't fly is they don't have a need to fly because there are no predators there. There's no risk. There's, no, there's nothing that challenges them. There's nothing that actually would put them in, in, in danger. And because there's no predators and because there's no risk and because there's no pushing down, they never flap their wings. They never rise up and they never take hold of the, the heights that, that, that they can take hold of. And I think so many believers keep themselves in safety and they keep themselves in kind of like comfortable Christianity and they keep themselves kind of like just watching uh, TV on, uh, you know, just kind of being out of community and they just watch kind of TV, watch even some believers. And I, I understand that. But the problem is, friends, if you keep yourself safe like that and you keep, just keep, and you, you're never going to experience the awesomeness of the heights that God's got for you. If you're not willing to go through the depths, if you're not willing to go through the depths of of facing unforgiveness and facing bitterness and facing people that are not like you and being uncomfortable and crossing borders and, and putting yourself into places where you gotta trust God and come to the end of yourself and let God do a deep work in your heart, you're never gonna be able to take hold of the heights. That's why it says in Isaiah 40, those who wait on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, that's platting ourselves, that's going deep into God, letting God do a deep work. They will renew their strength and they'll mount up on wings like eagles. My prayer for you today, that you'll embrace the deep work that God wants to do in your heart so that you can embrace the heights that God's called you to take hold of. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Thanks for joining us for today's message. 
Don't forget to check out our website or visit City on a Hill International on Instagram or Facebook for our updates, celebration times or ways you can get involved. We are also streaming our message on Facebook Live, so make sure you join us or share the post. Thanks again for checking out our podcast. We'll see you soon.